people with big goals generally have more satisfied lives. That's what we are, as we are goal-seeking organisms. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. I take full responsibility for that. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Psilocybin Says. We're talking about responsibility and Eric did not hit record. <laughs> this is Courtney. <laughs> yes. Are we recording now? Yes, we are recording. Okay. The ticker is ticking. Awesome. <laughs> Today we're talking about responsibility, if you haven't already inferred that. <laughs> uh, but it's a really important topic, obviously, for many, many reasons. Um, Courtney was just sharing a really valuable story that hopefully she'll be able to tap back into. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. happens, it happens. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'll take full responsibility. Um so yeah, what does that even mean? What does taking responsibility mean? Start start out with what you were saying though about how you used to understand right. this idea of responsibility. I feel like a lot of us think of responsibility as a very heavy topic, something that when we were growing up our parents said something like you need to take responsibility for this. Mm-hmm. Or it's time you take responsibility mm-hmm. in a very serious tone. Mm-hmm. And as I've had more experiences in my life out in the world on my own, I've come to see responsibility as a, a key to free me mm. from a mental prison that we all find ourselves in sometimes around all kinds of different topics. But For instance, in relationships, personal relationships, work relationships, we can, we have options where we can look at what someone does and say, oh, like they're doing this and now this means that I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or we could say they're doing this and this is giving me an opportunity now to do something that I want to do. So I was sharing how when you went to Jamaica, so when you were starting, we were starting the first legal psilocybin retreat center in Jamaica, and that required you to travel a lot. And we had just had our first child together, and I was having a lot of conflicting feelings come up in real time, you know, day to day. Of course, I encouraged you to do this and I really wanted you to be traveling and making this happen. I saw the benefit for you and our family and the world. Mm -hmm. However, there, I saw a lot of, I saw at the time that there were a lot of restrictions for me because of you traveling. That's what my perception Mm -hmm. was. And I wasn't, I found myself not taking responsibility Oftentimes for you doing that thing, pursuing that vision that I did ultimately support Mm -hmm. and wanted you to do, but I was using you doing that as a kind of a reason to stay in my own fear. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's what we do when of, we yeah when we when we reject responsibility in a lot right. of part. That's ultimately what we're doing is we're we're just making an excuse for ourselves. It's like when you're a kid and your parents mm-hmm. say, you need to take responsibility for this. And you're like, oh, well, somebody said this or somebody did this and so I did that. It's like, that's just another excuse, mm-hmm. you know, for not really owning up to whatever it is. Right. And really now I, I know and understand or overstand uh, that you doing that, was such a gift to me and since I've learned a lot more about taking responsibility for myself and saying I have the responsibility to to do awesome things with my life Mm -hmm. I I can do something amazing just like Eric is doing Mm -hmm. just because he's doing this doesn't mean that I can't do that because he's doing this. This means I can do this. Like I have the responsibility to choose, make my own choices. Other people aren't making that for me. And that's very, very, very empowering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a big difference too. And as we talk about this kind of concept of being responsible to and being responsible for mm-hmm. something, right? Like, I don't know. How do you, how do you describe that being responsible to something versus being responsible for right so we are responsible for our own feelings we're responsible for our actions Mm -hmm. we are not responsible for the feelings and actions of other people Mm -hmm. and this is different from being responsible too because when we make a commitment to someone we have a responsibility to them to mm. fulfill that commitment. But that doesn't mean that we are responsible for their feelings around, say, their part of the commitment. Mm-hmm. If someone makes a commitment and they make that decision, we're not responsible for them having fear around making that commitment and and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like we can only be responsible for ourselves. Yeah, so that's it's, the difference. It's inter- it's interesting that that kind of line can flip pretty easily when I think about you know if I am rude to someone, well mm-hmm. then I am responsible for my behavior, but I'm not responsible for how they respond to my behavior. Right. You know. Right. It's an interesting little dance. This this kind of like where responsibility lies. It is. If you feel whatever you know whatever depressed or bad or sad or negative things like that's actually that's your responsibility mm-hmm. um whereas if like you have obligations and commitments children spouses mm-hmm. etc uh, then you know you have a responsibility to those individuals and those circumstances to show up and fulfill your commitment Yes. But then if you don't show up and fulfill your commitment, you're not actually responsible for the way those people feel. Right. It's so tricky. Like if I I say, let's just use a, a, Mm -hmm. a, a, a parent, right? If a parent, a parent is responsible for their child up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. But if that parent neglects that responsibility and that child grows up and is resentful, that child is actually responsible Mm-hmm. For their emotions and their ways of understanding around that, mm-hmm. so it's just—I just think it's really interesting. Yes, this concept 
alone responsible for versus responsible to once we understand it can liberate us from burdens we've been carrying unnecessarily our whole lives dude i do it still i mean you know i mentioned in the uh last podcast i think where i was talking about like there's somebody on social media that it's like kind of when I see that person, it kind of sets me off and I feel a certain way because they behaved a certain mm-hmm. way. And that's like, that's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Do they have a responsibility to whatever, treat me with some respect? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, ultimately I have a responsibility for how I respond to that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the areas in my life, I, d- I do feel like I have been really good about taking responsibility for my actions where it's been tricky for me is taking responsibility for my feelings. And I've seen this a lot with people that I've worked with in psilocybin space. You know, a lot of people want to continue to blame the way they feel, their depression, their anxiety, their trauma, whatever, on some event that happened in the past. And that is just, it's just not reasonable. It's Mm -hmm. not helping you. And I can speak from my own personal experience, you know, the depression that I have gone through. I have a responsibility to actually to the people around me to do my best to live in an elevated state and I have a responsibility for the way that I feel Mm -hmm. and it is actually much more of a choice than we give it than we than we like allow it to be Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really amazing I mean I'm thinking about times for me with my mushroom certain mushroom experiences quite a few almost maybe all of them actually i i I go through (laughs) i go through this period at some point in the experience where i take responsibility for Mm. myself and and realize i've been blaming Mm. some something outside of me someone or something Mm. or circumstance uh, for the results that I'm getting in my life. I, you know, I've never thought about this until you just said that. But how many bad trips are because someone is refusing to take responsibility oh. in the midst of it? I've, I've seen that so many times. Yeah. I've never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad you brought that up. And I think it's really helpful to consider. Mm-hmm. You're having a challenging experience. Why is that? Is there something that you're not taking responsibility for? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it can be the key that frees us from the loop. Yeah. So often it's this loop of, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to take responsibility for it. I'm so glad you brought that up. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You said something earlier about when we're depressed, when we're going through even grieving we have a loss. Mm-hmm. Something that feels like, you know, like an act of God, like something really big that's out of our control mm-hmm. as far as the event goes. Mm-hmm. And then we have big feelings around it. Um, and these events happen periodically throughout all of our lives. Big events that have that, r- that rattle our perspectives on the world Mm -hmm. and um, our day to day. I want to be clear about taking responsibility and then also having grace with ourselves. You know, it's okay to 
feel like feel how we're feeling and have big feelings and be confused about those feelings and there are things that we can't control Mm -hmm. in life every day Mm -hmm. i guess it comes back to responsibility for versus two you know we're like we're not responsible for events Mm -hmm. that we can't control you know this isn't saying take responsibility for the pandemic happening. I want, I, you know, no. I want to bring up, I, I think this is important and very helpful. And then I would like to look at the um, current ethnic injustice and disparity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big conversation here. Um, you know, I am not responsible for my mm-hmm. Caucasian ancestors and what they did. Mm-hmm. But each and every one of us is responsible to the world that we live in today and each other that we live in today. Mm -hmm. And so if we maybe like, is that what you're saying? Like if we have a different perspective on these bigger issues, I'm not responsible for the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but I'm responsible to my community to be conscientious. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that is a part of what I'm saying for sure. I guess touching on, you know, not, not using this as a scapegoat mm-hmm. f- or, or an avoidance Definitely. tactic um, or unnecessarily putting responsibility on yourself for mm-hmm. things that you and people that you don't have responsibility for. You know, when we're talking about taking responsibility and that being able to free you, that I think it's important to when we're thinking about this ourselves remembering the difference between responsibility for and to and what we have control over versus what we don't Mm -hmm. and that's the point is that we don't have control over lots of things Mm -hmm. but we do have control over how we respond when we're aware Mm -hmm we can make the decision to respond one way or another and take responsibility for for that. There are injustices happening around us all the time and we have a responsibility to take part in or not. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even better, have a res- we have a responsibility to make a choice to... Um. say take part in not take part in or do something to make the world a better place right. around those injustices yeah, whatever or it is, whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. that's happening so yeah just like the memory of my my parents or elders or teachers or whatever saying you have a responsibility right now mm-hmm. um just bringing it to light that when we realize this, like there is a certain there's, it's really powerful. So it can come with that feeling of power and we can make it heavier. We can make it light. Responsibility is power. Responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think it seems like one of the big kind of, um, 
roadblocks that people have when it comes in terms of taking responsibility is acknowledging that we've made a mistake, that we've somehow screwed up. When I think about my emotional responsibility, you know, it's, I think that there has been a large part of that that has not wanted to acknowledge that, you know, I'm, I'm the one to blame in all this, you know, that I've, I have messed up. I have like gone about with this kind of messed up way of thinking or in terms of the, you know, the ethnocentric issues, you know, it's like not wanting to acknowledge that there has been some very deep injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, once we can kind of face that loop, then mm-hmm. that's how we can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How about you? What's, what's a time in your life that you're remembering where you accepted responsibility? Well, I guess I've already shared when I haven't taken responsibility for my emotional behavior. And I guess, and it, it's, it's, it's so funny to me why that's, why that's been very different. It's been very easy or much easier for me to take responsibility for my actions than for my feelings. And I, I don't really know if that's the case for most people. Uh, but it's definitely in the case for me. It's always been pretty easy for me to own up to the things that I've done because I've lived an intentional life and I, I feel very confident that I am, you know, trying to help make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, you know, I don't want to go too far into the weeds with it here, but maybe that's why I have not been as capable of taking responsibility for my emotional states because I haven't seen directly that my emotional states affect the world around me and in in living our lives together and the way that you've responded to some of my emotional struggles has helped me to actually see very real that my emotional state has a direct impact on my immediate environment Mm -hmm. and so it's a tangible effect Mm -hmm. and that's that's more I'm more I think we as humans are more capable of acknowledging a mistake and course correcting when we see a direct impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that me being arrested or our arrest was probably one of the biggest public examples of me taking responsibility mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I knew it was illegal when I was doing it a hundred percent. I wasn't proud of that. Uh, I, was proud of my work and I have always been proud of my work but um, I wasn't proud of the fact that I was doing something that I had to hide I remember you know you know what little money was made from from that adventure I remember being ashamed even spending that money you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so it actually felt in in some ways it felt really good to have that pressure taken off to be able to stand up and say Yes, I was growing mushrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was hiding it from my kids as best I could. I was hiding it from my, you know, everybody outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, when I was able to take responsibility, and even, even the sheriff, like when I was arrested, <laughs> the sheriff was like, we need more people like you being arrested. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you're owning your shit. You're not just, you know, trying to play it off. You're not trying to make excuses. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing this. 
Um, but again, that's because I was purpose driven. I was intentional and I knew why I was doing it. I feel like whenever we're not taking responsibility for our actions, um, then there, it's probably because we're ashamed of them. You know, then we mm-hmm. see that there was something wrong about that, or we perceive that the outside world is going to, you know, somehow judge us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we see a very real and severe consequence. Yeah, I remember one of the first times, man. God, one of the first times of real responsibility that I encountered. Again, it goes back to the race, the eth- ethnocentric. I don't like the term racism because we're just one race, but. You know, growing up in Kentucky here, there's uh, <laughs> still quite a bit of racism, if you will. Uh, and I remember being a kid and the school that I went to um, growing up, there was only one African-American person that I ever went to school with until I was in college, literally. And uh, we were at camp one time and I was friends with that one kid. We were buddies. We walked home from school and stuff and we were at camp one time. And I didn't realize he was behind me, and everybody was dropping the N-bomb. It was just what you did growing up. It's just what you did in Kentucky. I mean, you may, maybe not here in the not city. Not in Louisville. Yeah, I mean, well, you grew up in the city. You know, I grew up in the yeah. country where, you know, we were out in the country the other day, and there was a truck that had a sticker that said, White Trucks Matter, and had gun family on the back. That was know? in the country? I think Shelbyville's the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was even further in the country. You got to understand, when I grew up, and sound like an old person here. I'm 43 in September. It's fine. I don't give a shit. It shows how backwards Kentucky is in a lot of ways. But when I grew up, there was a place down the road from me that had a sign in the field that said, "Ends will be shot." What? Yeah. Gosh. That was yeah. 19, so 1983. Yeah. So anyway, I remember, I remember dropping the N bomb when I was like 11 years old on this in this cabin out, out at a 4-H camp. And I turned around and I saw my friend crying. And I mean, if I think about it right now, it can bring me to tears because I felt his pain and I realized that it was me that did that, you know, and I could have blamed that on my upbringing. I could have said, oh, this is just what I was taught. Mm -hmm. But I saw the real fucking impact and I was just like, oh, my God, never again, never again will I use that. God, there's still (laughs) I still feel uh, a responsibility for that, you know, and I, some parts of me wonder if that's why in large part I've kind of been more open-minded than a lot of the people that I grew up with. It's because I had that singular event that helped me see the reality of how our words and our actions impact the people around us. We have a very yeah. real responsibility to this world that we live in. Well, that's such a gift that you had the ability to know that you could even have that you made that impact that you have that you had a responsibility in that moment and that that directly affected someone Mm -hmm. so many people don't Mm -hmm. acknowledge Mm -hmm. that well i think a lot of people would have buried it i mean i'm talking about here today you know publicly i'm talking about it and i think a lot of people would have buried that Mm -hmm. and just forgotten about it so you know again i think that that's been one of the superpowers if you will that i've had is taking responsibility for my actions and now that i'm in the last maybe year really it's so amazing like y'all psilocybin is a wonderful tool and is a absolutely a way to contact the 
divine aspect of ourself, um, but it's got to be com- in conjunction with real and serious self-development, personal growth. Um, but mm-hmm. in the la- in the last year, I've become pretty acutely aware of how my emotional states impact the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's given me the opportunity to really, you know, I think grow considerably. Thank you for taking responsibility for your life and your actions and continuing to make that effort to be more and more aware of where you have responsibility in different areas. I, I, you've helped me see how much taking responsibility for yourself has helped me take responsibility for myself. And that when I do that, it helps you Mm -hmm. and it helps other people. And that's something I want to touch on too, is that when it comes to doing big things in our lives or even little things, making changes, Mm -hmm. I have seen and experienced over and over again, people around me not making changes to improve their health Mm -hmm. and well-being Mm -hmm. out of fear of how the people closest to them are going to respond and being afraid that they'll lose the people that they love Mm -hmm. because of becoming better versions of themselves and becoming healthier and um that that's tough it's it's a tough one to work through but i'm really i'm really happy to be able to share that that i know in a very real way how positively the people who have the people who go for what they want in their lives that are closest to me Yes, it is scary at first because there is a transition period energetically of me being faced with a decision. Do I do I level up with them or do I stay here? Yeah. And it's that question. When people that are closest to us in our lives respond negatively mm-hmm. to us becoming healthier, mm-hmm. Or more successful. Or more successful, mm-hmm. which I consider to be healthier. True, yeah. Then it's, you're not doing, that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing that, you know, not that they're responding negatively, but that they are being faced with mm-hmm. the option to respond yeah. at all. That's so true. And that you're, you know, you've done that for me so many times since we've met eight years ago that you've decided to level up and I'm like, I feel this tension, which is an energetic like shift happening Mm -hmm. and me noticing that I want to go. I want to move vibrationally. Like I want to experience that Mm -hmm. new, Mm -hmm. better me but I'm scared because I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I get caught up in the details, but I've accepted every single time, which is why our relationship is stronger than ever. Right now Mm -hmm. we both do that with Mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. 
I know I've done it for you. And yeah, and there's fear on that's what I'm about to say. It's fear on both sides, right? If you're yeah. the one stepping up, then there's a part of you that's going to be afraid that right. I'm not going to come along with you. Right. And yeah. if I'm, you know, so it's it takes a ton of courage. Uh, but what is it that Bob says? The opposite of courage is not what was it? It's not the opposite of courage is not. Um, oh, what is it? Oh. It's not cowardice, it's conformity. The mm-hmm. opposite of courage is not cowardice, it's conformity. Mm-hmm. And that is because that's what we're tempted to do, right? It's just like stay in the same old place. Just like it's it, it's not, it doesn't show up like, oh, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. It just shows up like, ah, I'm just going to hang back here. Mm-hmm. You know, and then before you know it, the people that were moving on, that had the courage, right? They moved on, and you look around, and you're by yourself, or you're with other people in situations. Mm-hmm. That and that's the thing is, if we lose people in our lives because we're becoming healthier versions of ourselves, yeah. <laughs> then think about it. That person that is no longer involved in our day to day life, they would have been blaming us either way they would have been saying if we would have decided not to be healthier they would have been saying well you never like made the decision to 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 go work out so i couldn't either or you know those people that for whatever reason or another didn't develop the awareness or mental faculties um or awareness that they have mental faculties to Mm -hmm. to move Mm -hmm. and change um, that's not your fault. No, that's but I think this is really one of the main things that holds people back in life is conforming to what those around them are doing. Mm-hmm. It's scary as shit to change, period, whatever that is. And it's very easy to be influenced by your environment. Mm-hmm. And I guess if there's one thing that I have looked at over and over and over. And again, this is why we do so well is because we keep encouraging each other to take that leap, to do that thing. Mm -hmm. But I have seen so many of my friends uh, who, you know, many of those people aren't friends anymore uh, who just, they, they'll, they'll say they have a goal. They say they have a dream. They'll get kind of started on it. And then their spouse or their social network will criticize it or question it or, whatever and then they just kind of gradually just lose steam and mm-hmm. then they're right where they were when they said they had this you know and you can see that it's it's such a it's such a heartbreak to me when you see someone get enlivened by a vision they're like oh i know i, I can do this thing there's this thing that i want to do and i know that i can do it mm-hmm. and you see them start and they hit a little roadblock and then their family or somebody says oh well i told you that was a crazy idea and then They'd maybe try a little bit more and then another, you know, fucking obstacles happen every single day. Mm-hmm. And then successively it's just another little, eh, I told you so. Eh, I told you, you shouldn't be all courageous like that. You should just stay where you're comfortable. And before you know it, they just yeah. have given up on that dream. And it is such a heartbreak to me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a really great example of why it's so powerful and important if you want to make changes in your life to get non-biased support 
that is not attached to you changing or not. Their sole purpose is to encourage you and help you see outside of the box Mm -hmm. that you're living Mm -hmm. in. Absolutely. So whatever, whatever that looks like, if it's a mastermind group or a coach, therapist, whatever, Mm -hmm. like get somebody that is not attached to the results. Yeah. That you and, have. And, and, and preferably someone who has done something similar. Yeah. You know, somebody that has taken a leap and has achieved some goal or, you know, some whatever in a goal. Like, I guess for me, I kind of get hung up on goal. Like a goal does not have to be a like a a financial goal or some kind of like it can be like weight loss or it can be to not smoke or it can be to exercise more or, or whatever, you know, there's like, I, I've been reading this book um, called psycho cybernetics by uh, Max Maxwell Mark Maltz. It's a fascinating book. And I didn't really realize until reading this book that everything that has life in it is a goal-seeking organism. And you can see this if you really mm-hmm. break it down. You can look around like a dog, a cat, the snake, the kids. I'm looking, I'm looking at things that are around me. <laughs> are all seeking every moment is another goal. That was a goal for me to snap my fingers. I remember actually being a kid, like wanting right. to learn to snap my fingers. And I accomplished that goal. And I was like, oh, now I can snap. Now we're going to do yeah, that. We're going to incorporate that into now. our repertoire. But it's all like every single thing that we are doing is either a goal that we have accomplished and we've mastered to some level mm-hmm. or a goal that we're trying to achieve. It's That's so amazing to me to think that all life is is purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some people have the goal of staying in the same place where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not sure they're listening. really directly thinking about no, that being goal. a goal. Yeah. 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 A goal, I mean, people set, yeah, people set goals all the time. I mean, going on vacation, I mean, booking plane tickets for a year from now or saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Hawaii next summer. Mm -hmm. That's a goal. You, and whenever, if you need more money to go to Hawaii, if you need help with the dogs to, you know, take care of the dogs while you're in Hawaii, like there's all these things that need to get in order. Mm Mm-hmm in order for you to go to Hawaii next summer. And so when, you know, throughout the day you're faced with either doing a thing that's going to get you closer to Hawaii or not doing a thing that's going to get you closer to Hawaii. It's you're keeping that goal of Hawaii next summer in mind. I need to set so, some fun goals. I need to set some goals. Yeah. Going to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah I wanna, <laughs> can we just set that goal? <laughs> nah, I'm not. Hawaii's okay, but it's a long ass flight to go to a, it's really not, and that's we have a we have an episode where we talk about goals, yeah, and so you know it's really not a goal. I mean, it could be for some people, yeah, but I mean, it depends, right? I mean, it depends. For it, us, a goal is a worthy ideal, and like yeah. whether it's going to Hawaii so that you can get some fucking relaxation in a place that you somehow feel connected with or whatever that you know, yeah, yeah, it's something big. That you really don't have any idea how you're going to do that thing. Like right. It's ideally something that you've not, it's not something you've accomplished before. The idea with a goal mm-hmm. is to give you that big 
that it's that purpose yeah. behind it and that waking up every morning and feeling that surge of energy and purpose and yeah i mean people you know. with big goals generally have uh happy like more satisfied lives definitely because that's again that's what we are as we are goal seeking organisms and mm-hmm. eventually you know when we're children like ananda doesn't wake up and think i'm going to learn to use my fingers today right but these are there are little goals that she's kind of working on to leave and and maybe you can see it as the bigger goal in a child's development is to get to the point to be able to walk mm-hmm. and then once you learn to walk then there are other little smaller mm-hmm. ambitions if you will or whatever that get you mm-hmm. to where you can climb a ladder or i don't know where the next step is from that but anyway uh it's just it's just really amazing that we are all goal-seeking organisms and it, that if you find yourself an unmotivated person if you just sit with it for a little bit you'll actually realize that you do have some very strong desires you do desire to do things that you've never done before Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful part of being a human yeah i like to say to myself out loud every day i am responsible for my life my feelings my personal growth and for every result that I get. I have actually really appreciated hearing you vocalize a lot of these things in the last, I don't know, six months or so. It's uh that's something that is feels a little weird, you know. I think when you mm-hmm. first start it to like, you know, look in the mirror and say positive things to yourself or mm-hmm. to vocalize whatever it is that you want to achieve. Uh, so you know it does i appreciate you doing that it's been encouraging to me yeah that helps encourage me to do it more yeah and i would encourage our listeners to do the same Uh, yeah do it right now yeah do it i'll say it again you say it with me i am responsible for responsible for my life my life my feelings my feelings my personal growth my personal growth and for every result i get and for every result that i get Ooh. So that puts us in the energy of of empowerment. I have the power. I got the power. <laughs> we all do. You do. Everybody's listening to this. You have the power. You are actually, whether you know it or not, you're creating the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. Now, to be able to take really like take the reins of that. And the next episode we're gonna talk about uh, the five mental faculties that are the six mental faculties rather that really empower us once we take responsibility for them into having just the best imaginable life. And actually, I think what I keep finding out is that when we use our imagination and we envision this life and we move towards it, it actually ends up being better than we imagine. Mm. This is a magical world that we live in. Anything is possible. There's going to be all kinds of ups and downs, but man, there's going to be some beautiful things that come in this world. So it's really, really important to have a goal. That's what you are. You are a goal seeking creature. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for, thanks for uh, taking responsibility today and, and listening it, to our podcast. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're not, if you haven't, if you haven't, really taking responsibility. I mean, if you've gotten this far, then you've taken a certain amount of responsibility because you've definitely been thinking about yourself, I'm sure. But, you know, ask yourself, do you need to own up to some actions and attitudes? Is where where in your life 
are you not taking responsibility? Is there little things that you need to do that will move you towards a goal? Are there little things that you need to feel? Like, do you need to take responsibility for the way that you feel and actually try to touch in on some positive emotions and focus on that? Whatever it is, you can do it. And chances are when you get through that terror barrier and you take responsibility for your life, uh, it's going to be so much more rewarding and it's actually going to be a lot easier Mm -hmm. than if you're not taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the more we take responsibility and practice doing that, the easier that it gets. Definitely. Yeah. So thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode. Have a great day, everybody.